Go. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside. Come inside. Joe, Mike. <laughs> this week, we're going to review the following movies. Queen of Outer Space, The Ranch, Part 5, and Sicario 2, Soldado, um, which actually... The the day day of, Sicario Day of the Soldado, which yeah. I should say, um, as well as preview Ant Man and the Wasp, plus some news and comments as always. So welcome to I'm way off mic. <laughs> welcome to the Cinescape Magazine movie review. Show. Yay! Oh, here. I was supposed to say it loud. <laughs> it's a Cinescape Magazine movie review. Welcome to Cinescape Magazine. Hey! All right, first <laughs> up. All right, so uh, yeah, first up, uh, you, me, or you? What do you want to? do? What do we always do? You know, um, I just learned this about Siskel and Ebert. They did a coin flip every week to see who would, who would start off first. Yeah, I, you can do it first. I don't care. Okay. Um, all right. Anyway. Um, all right. So uh, I decided to do The Ranch on Netflix uh, Part 5 because, you know, they have a they do a thing. Yeah, God damn it. <laughs> all right. Anyway, my bad. You st- you decided to do a thing on on the ranch part five. Yeah, so here here here's my little synopsis. There, Ashton Kutcher stars in this Netflix original sitcom as Colt, who returns home to his family's ranch in Colorado after a semi-pro football career ends in failure. Um, do we really need to do a thing for the ranch? Yeah. We've already talked about it before. Do yeah. we really need to do? It? Yeah, you no, know what? Yeah. Fuck no. I'm okay. not doing a goddamn. Okay, yeah, we don't. So anyway, the ranch, um, like it. Technically, it goes by season. I mean, it goes by parts instead of seasons. So the first part one and part two is each part has 10 episodes and they come out every six months. So it's pretty much like if you wanted to, you could say the first season is part one and part two, second season is part two and part three, or part, you know what I mean, so on and so forth. So part five is, the, is, of course, the newest one that just came out, and it's the final episodes of Danny Masterson's character leaving the show, Rooster. Um, and there were people pissed off about this. So actually, well, maybe we could have put this on Compelled, but... Um, the women, the victims of him, um, of uh, Danny Messon, you know, they, they spoke out about um, Netflix actually, ins- you know, it was great that they fired him, but they also give his character a send-off on the show instead of just outright firing him like it would happen with Kevin Spacey, which is also Netflix, right? So um, they, they're, ups- and they're understandably upset about it. I, I get it. I totally, I do get it. Even though Danny Masterson says that, you know, he thinks, you know, he says that he's waiting for the day that he's cleared and he can come back and all that shit. But um, anyway, I wanted to bring it up because it's going on right now. So uh, this show, it's the same thing. It's always it's the same thing as last time I talked about it, which was like, I think, a year ago or whatever. It, it it's a This show is a mixed fucking bag. Like, it's great to see all these returning characters or returning actors from that 70s show because you have the, the mom... You have, you know, you have uh, Kurtwood Smith, you know, show up for a few episodes here and there as another guy. Um, you know, this season you don't see Fez's uh, actor, that Vil- Wilmer uh, Valderrama. But, um, you know, you you have, and you have, you know, Ashton Kutcher and Danny Masterson, of course. So you have all these, you know, characters from 70s show, and you know they're purposely placed on here for a reason. But um, what the mixed bag on this show is the the writing style, the, the writing, the comedy writing on the show is like Chuck Lorre writing, but it worse. It, it like Chuck. It makes Chuck Lorre writing look like he actually puts effort into writing his comedy. With this show, all the dialogue when it comes to to anything funny is predictable, and it's like it's almost wince inducing. Like my kids love it, which may, I mean that that explains a lot right there, right? Kids like that fucking humor, right? <laughs> so yes. Um, 
And, and so, yeah, it, it's just, I, I mean, there was plenty of times when we were watching the, these 10 episodes where I was ending sentences before they did, the characters did. That's how fucking predictable this shit is. And, uh, and also people's responses. But here's the other part of it. Because these are decent actors, you got, you know, you got Sam, um, oh my God. Why am I forgetting his fucking name? Sam Witwicky. <laughs> Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott, thank you. Okay, you got Sam Elliott, you got Deborah Winger, um, you've got uh, the daughter from 24, uh, Alicia Cuth- Cuthbert, um, Ashley, Ashley Cucci, and Danny Masterson, who, look, I'm just speaking of the character, not the fucking guy in real life. Um, you have these characters, and they're, they're well, they're, they, 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 you like seeing them on the show. So that works. And what also works on the show is when it throws away the stupid, cheap fucking jokes there are some really genuine heartfelt moments on the show where it gets serious. Things get serious. Like Sam Elliott's character had a, you know, had a mild heart attack and, you know, he has to change things and the ranch is, you know, threatening to be either sold or, or there's a fire that comes and tears like down the whole Valley, all this stuff. And so, and then there's father and daughter or father and son issues that have to be worked out and, and pride and all this other stuff. So there's some really, really good moments in there. Really good. And, the problem is, is it keeps going back to the cheap fucking humor in between all that shit. So, it for me, I still want to keep watching it, but it's not. I can't highly recommend the show because of how shitty the fucking humor is. Um, and uh, the Danny Masterson thing, they didn't kill his character off. They set up. They set it up in this way so that you thought. I thought that his character was going to get killed off, and instead, it would have been awesome if he fell into a thresher. <laughs> instead. They set it up where he had to leave town because he was his life was being threatened by this guy by the by the hu- the ex husband of the girl of this lady he's banging. So he the episode oh, the lady he's abusing. Yeah, <laughs> that too with with its with this penis. So um, yeah, and so th- th- look, listen to this. this is the fucking how funny this ending is. So it ends with Rooster leaving because the guy says I'm going to kill you or I'm going to hurt your fucking family if you don't leave. So what do you make a choice? And so Rooster grabs his shit and he leaves. And guess what fucking song plays during the end credits? Um, <laughs> these boots were made for walking? No. Yeah, they come to snuff the rooster. Of course. <laughs> Is that Allison Chains? I think it's Allison Chains, yes. right? So um, sometimes I mix them and STP up. Uh, so yeah, they play that fucking song. I started laughing during the end credits. I was like, they didn't fucking kill him. I think the reason why they didn't kill him I really think this. I think that after the court thing happens, and if he, I think Netflix is doing this hopeful thinking that if he's if he's not convicted, that they can bring him back to the show. That's what I'm thinking. That's why they didn't kill him on there because they should have fucking killed him. They should have killed this guy. Right. But uh, I'm sorry, they should have killed this guy's character, not you know Danny Masterson, of course. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I I laughed because I, I couldn't believe it. I, I I really thought they were going to kill him off the way they made it, they were setting it up. But whatever, shit happens. So I I, I don't like I said it, it's if you're a fan of that seventy that seventy show, the ranch is worth checking out. I just you 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 watch it and you be the judge. Just take into account what I said. I can't not contribute to either of those shows anymore. And you know what? And there's another point right there. So and I won't. So I don't watch them. I don't buy them. I don't participate with that '70s show because of because of Danny Masterson, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's just that simple. Now, if he's innocent, he's innocent. It's a whole different story. But <laughs> right now, he's not. Oh, cool. 
this just then. So Kevin Smith has a new show coming out. It's called Hollyweed. It's a project we quietly shot last week in which I act with dialogue. To better understand what this means to me, here's a text I sent my kid after I finished putting her scenes together. She plays my daughter in the show. Says, uh, I, this is from Kevin to uh, Harley. I love your Hollyweed scenes. You're so good in this, but watching you and I play dad and daughter is unbelievably sweet and very special for me. My secret dream my whole life was to be an actor or one who talks. I wrote Randall for me to play and then chickened out and gave up the part. Never regretted the, the decision, but always wondered what might have been if I had had any balls back then. But now I'm so glad I waited two decades to really go for it because I got to act with you. I love you, kiddo. Thanks for making an interest or taking an interest in this shit um, or taking a shit in this. <laughs> um, it's made me making media even more fun. Had a blast making with excellent co-stars who all pretend who all pretended I could act. Uh, Frankie Shaw, Rawlings, Kristen Bauer, Van Stratton, that's a name. Uh, Adam Brody, Chloe Dworkin, Jason Mewes, Ralph Garman, Andy McElfrish, Hina Abdullah, and his daughter. Uh, big thanks to Fremantle Media, Starstream, Raw, G-Pen, DNA Genetics, Weed Maps, and Acme Elixirs for the opportunity. And then he ends it on this. Fuck fear. If I suck, I suck. But man, I had a blast doing it. I hope we get to do lots more. I really want to hang out with Kevin Smith. <laughs> God damn it. He sounds like he would be fun. A Absolutely. fun fucking guy to hang out with. He would, Yeah. It, I have like zero doubt in my mind that Kevin Smith would be an awesome dude to hang with. Him. So please, Kevin, listen to the show. Yeah. <laughs> listen to the show. Trip. Invite us on. We'll, we'll invite you to the show. Here uh, you go. However, the, the <laughs> let's talk about dieting. By the way, uh, Hollywood exec producers include Kevin Smith, Starstreams, uh, P- Peter, Peter Angeli. I guess that's his name. Peter. 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 Uh, Kim Ledford and Dan McCartney, as well as Jana Edelbaum, Rachel Cohen, Liz Destro, uh, n- not to be confused with Destro from G.I. Joe, <laughs> Jordan Cold Monsanto, uh, not to be confused with the Monsanto Corporation. <laughs> Uh, the growing world of legal marijuana is becoming fertile ground for TV series. Among the other pot-centric laughers in the pipeline, Chuck Lorre is shopping an untitled comedy co-written with David J- uh, J- Javerbaum or Haverbaum uh, that's set in a legal marijuana dispensary in Colorado. Like the fucking the the, the one on Netflix with the with with with, with Kathy Bates. Oh yeah, imagine that. Amazon it's the is same devel- one he did. Yeah, Amazon is developing Highland. Starring Margaret Cho as an addict who, after a court order rehab, has to move in with her family members who now run a pot dispensary, which I can't wait not to see that. I know. NBC has given a script commitment to Adam and Naomi Scott's Buds. That's playing words. After uh, after his uh, Ghost Nightmare show. That was actually a pretty good show, and I wanted to watch it, but... They canceled it. Uh, HBO previously ordered six new episodes of Vimeo web series High Maintenance. And then, um, uh, and then, oh, here's a joke for you. What do you call a dictionary that's on drugs? Um, higher education? High definition. Oh, I was close. <laughs> close. Um, there's supposed to be a trailer for this, and I'm going to find it. All right. Yeah, I, uh, dude, I, dude, why am I brain farting on the name? Because I was probably high when I watched it, but... Um, the show, yeah, the, the one on uh, Netflix with Kathy Bates. Chuck Lorre fucking wrote the show. So it, um, it God, had Dank and Dabby on there. Fucking goddamn, they were funny. Holy shit. First they were annoying, and then all of a sudden they became the best part of that show and it just became absolutely hilarious. Um, 
Motherfucker. I can't believe I'm brain farting on that name. I don't care. Son of a bitch. I, mean, I don't think this is it. <sighs> Disjointed. <laughs> Disjointed. That's the name of the show on Netflix. <laughs> Dude, I, 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 look, I haven't been listening to um, Hollywood Babylon in a couple of years now, but uh, so I don't know if anything's been said, but there's a... Uh, y- don't know. Like, there seems to be like a, a real rift between him and uh, Ben Affleck. Like Ben Affleck just does not even respond to anything, and just he talks about it. He says, "I don't know what's going on with him, and I don't if if it if there is, there is. If there isn't, there isn't. I don't know what the hell's going on." It's just. I mean, there's, I wonder what you know. It hasn't been said. You know what I mean? Because it. He talked about it like. Just hit pause. Just so you know, I'm doing a podcast right now. Okay. I understand. Uh, Dude, that really sounded like it was coming from, <laughs> like, from over from you. That was weird. All right. Okay. What do we got? Hollyweed? No. We got a oh, fucking commercial. Oh, that looks so good. At least it's... Oh, at least the cheese needed. doesn't look right, though. <coughs> Yellow cheese doesn't look right on there. It, what do you expect? I don't know. It just it should have been, like, cheddar or something. It's dark orange. Don't just point like... Just say it already! I'm not even supposed to be here today. I'm not even supposed to be here today. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Why are they bleeping the shit out? <laughs> this is annoying. Hoping it was. It's set at a dispensary. It's essentially clerks at a dispensary. <laughs> That's right. You should just call them pot clerks, really. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? Um, Cassandra. Oh, this is gonna be fun. Call it cannabis clerks. Drink. The sign on the back of the car said "Critters of Hollywood." So keep the sun out of your eyes. All right. So there's obviously a trailer for it, but I can't fucking find it. That was an annoying fucking no, no, um, news bleep, man. That was, damn, the way things have turned, man. I, it just... You notice that everything's got to have, like, this fucking rocking beat delivery to it and shit? Yeah. You know, it just... Like, it's like... It's like the short attention span generation's problem or something where you just got to constantly like doom do doom do doom do doom do doom do doom But back in my day, you know, we didn't need that that flippity flabbity jibbity jabbity. I do maybe there just isn't a trailer for it yet. I'll be in front of the camera this time. What was that? The fucking website that I'm actually looking for. Oh, God damn it. <sighs> you have to be kidding me. <sighs> I, I literally went to the fucking website. I, I Googled the website, and it's showing me just Hollywood. I'd say let's just count our losses and keep going with the show, man. Here. I mean, yeah. I mean, what if you, you went onto Facebook and there's a link to it or something? I... <sighs> Fuck off. What do you mean? Oh, that's why. <sighs> I threw off my headset in disgust. 
It's Hollyweed.show. Look at that swelt motherfucker. <coughs> Svelte. Da, da, da. Uh, here we go, from the top. Let's go. I'll be in front of the camera this time. That's it. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I'll sign up. Count me in. You're welcome. I literally just... <sighs> I am an odd duck, man, when it comes to to substances. I, You know, it's... Apparently I'm already subscribed. A lot of people just right. fucking love to get super drunk or super high or, or whatever, and... When it came to alcohol, I don't like being super fucked up. I don't even like being fucked up. I like just getting buzzed. Because when I get fucked up, I don't enjoy it. I, I just, you know, I, I just, I don't enjoy it. I don't feel like going to detail on it. But it, with weed, holy shit. I, 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 um, I, I've, it's been almost three weeks since I've smoked weed. And before that, I went like a week without smoking weed. And then I smoked some. And I smoked a little too much. And <laughs> I had fucking paranoia about my life for like two hours and it fucking sucked so bad. Like I was thinking about having a heart attack and my family and blah, all this shit. And it's just like, how the fucking people like, and, and I know that I didn't smoke anywhere near as much as mo- the average fucking smoker smokes. And yet why the fuck does it hit me like that? You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, you, you don't want my answer. <laughs> What? Um, I'm a pussy. I don't care. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, you know what? I it, it, it because it's different for everybody. So yeah, I, I know. I just yeah, for me, I just need a little man. I'm good. I'm good. I don't. Need, okay. So why can't I have a? Con- why can't I talk? This is a conversation. This is a show. We are having a conversation. Well, don't don't shut me off. I didn't shut you off. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Joe. I didn't. I didn't mean to shut you off so we could do a movie review. W- didn't we not just do this Kevin Smith shit? We're yeah, supposed, we were supposed to go into your review, and instead we did Kevin Smith shit. Yeah, I wanted to bring it up because he's doing a new TV show, and it's, it's about news. weed. It's about weed. But so what? It's it's news. I mean, literally breaking news. You know, if you started, if you went off into a thing about something that was related to it, I'd be like, uh huh, okay, sure. Yeah, I, I know. So I, I, I and and I acknowledged it, and you got fucking defensive. You said, "Who cares?" I, I said, care. "I said you're not going to like my answer," and then you asked me what my answer was going to be, and I jokingly said, "I don't care." You're you're heartless. Fuck you. And and then and then you went into this whole defensive thing, and I said, "Okay, so perfect thing to say." Defense. Which which you do, you 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 do, and, and I don't want to get into it. It's not that big of a deal. The the whole point is is that you went into this whole thing, and I just went, "Okay, so and and I wanted you to explain some more, but instead you got pissed off. That's what the whole thing is. Okay, so instead of saying, "What's your point?" Once you say defensive, <coughs> I can't say anything about it anymore because I'm being defensive. So let's just go to the movie review. No, what I... Oh, all right. <laughs> the, the movie? You don't want to do the movie? No. Something else. And now, here they are. The most daredevil group of daddy drivers to ever whirl their wheels in the wacky races. Competing for the title of the world's wackiest racer. The cars are approaching the starting line. First is the Turbo Terrific, driven by Peter Perfect. Next, Rufus Roughcut and Sawtooth in the buzz wagon. Maneuvering for position is the Army Surplus Special. Right behind is the Ant Hill Mob in their bulletproof bomb. And there's ingenious inventor, Pat Pendy, in his converter car. Oh, and here's the lovely Penelope Goodstuff, the glamour gal of the gas pedal. Next, we have the Bowler Mobile with a 
Flag Brothers, Rock and Gravel. Lurching along is the creepy coop with a gruesome twosome, and right on their tail is the Red Mac. And there's the Arkansas Chunkabug with Luke and Blubber Bear. Sneaking along last is that mean machine with those double-stealing do-batters, Dick Dastardly and his sidekick, Buckley. And even now, they're up to some dirty trick, and they're off! standing start. And why not? They've been chained to a post by Shifty Dick Dastardly, who shifts into the wrong gear. And away they go on the way out wacky races. Okay, so I play that on purpose because... See, this is why I can't stand some of these websites. Yeah, that's better. Uh, all right. So um, the reason why I played that is because this movie, Queen of Outer Space... It's a 1958 fantasy cult film where astronauts attempt to thwart a plot to destroy Earth when they land on Venus and are captured by angry Amazons. Here's the trailer. Voyages to the outer universe are reality. Satellite space stations in operation for landing and refueling. Apparently, we have some deadly neighbors now to space. Captain, it's heading toward us. And now the story of the fantastic adventure that befalls mankind's most daring crew of space explorers. <laughs> a sound, not even the hum of an insect. Is this a dead planet? Landing on an unknown planet, they are captured by long-limbed beauties. When they say, take me to your leader, and they take them to a creature like this, you know they're on planet Venus. And the queen of outer space is Jaja Gabor. <laughs> God, <dude. laughs> the most talked about woman in the world knows what she wants on Venus, too. Then we're the only men on the whole planet? Yes. Wow. <laughs> You'll see the revolt that brings the planet under the domination of strangely masked females who hate and fear the male animal. Let me kill her now. You're not only a queen, you're a woman too. Let me see your face. The savage horrors of fearsome mutated beasts. <coughs> the war of the sexes. <laughs> when voluptuous Venusians give battle to spacemen from Earth. The destructive might of incredible space rays that stop man from returning to Earth. Prepare for maximum acceleration. I'm really beginning to love Turner classic movies because they showed this on Underground. Now, there was another movie I was going to do. I was going yeah. to do Ben. And the problem with Ben was they didn't show Ben and its time slot. They showed Cleopatra Jones. If you watch Cleopatra Jones... Ben's the one with Michael Jackson, right? No. Or Michael Jackson did the song for it. No. This movie came out like in the 60s. Ben is the one about the rats. Yeah, yep. Michael Jackson sung a song. Um, sure. I'm 100% positive, dude. Right. I'm not going to argue with that. But um, So the Ben didn't... I recorded it mm -hmm. cause like, because this is... Ben was remade uh, with Crispin Glover. Yeah. Um, yeah, Willard. Willard, that was, right. Yeah, Willard. Uh, not, uh, 
Dude, sorry, I, I don't like correcting people. I really don't. No, do it. Willard is a remake of the same name from a movie from the 70s where the guy's rats go fucking crazy and start. That's what Ben is. Ben is, uh, I remember Ben being a um, more of a friend thing, like a like a friend with the rat thing. Um, I don't remember all the details, of course, but. Um, a boy and his pet rat. Yeah. The, uh, the Oh, it's a sequel to Willard. Okay. Well, they're on the same lines. Okay. Yeah. Good, good. Because <laughs> all I remember is Willard. So. Right. So, oh, did you see Michael Jackson? Uh, yeah, I saw it. Okay. So, uh, uh, um, anyways, Queen of Outer Space was also on. So I recorded that for the hell of it because I'm I'm like getting into like these weird fucking yeah the uh, 50s and 60s movies. Uh-huh. These these I, I love I love these 50s and 60s sci-fi movies. Anyways, them. yeah, them and and uh, Plan the, Nine from the Outer Space, brain that wouldn't die. Yeah. So it, when you heard the trailer and it said, you know, the queen of outer space, Zsa Zsa Gabor. That guy, I totally pictured him with a scotch in one hand and a fucking cigarette in the other while he's fucking spouting off his rhetoric. Right. So, <laughs> so Zsa Zsa Gabor is not the queen of outer space. Yeah. She is a scientist. And the whole, the whole thing is these three, astro- these three astronauts and a doctor are going to a space station. It's 1985 Earth. Okay. Yeah. They're going to a space station, which it's actually, I mean, obviously it's plausible because, hey, right? So the future. Yeah. Um, it's it's not it's not like weird, um, futuristic Blade Runner shit. Yeah. It's 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 real stuff where you know they get into a rocket and go up to a space station, which is spinning because it needs gravity to you know keep everything going. Yeah. And it's not like a weird space station. It's just a. It's it's like a circle with a with a plus sign in it, right? Yeah. Like one of those types of space stations, and and out of nowhere you see these cartoon lasers just shooting across the the space. Yeah. Like from different directions, and they're supposed to be coming from Venus. Yeah. And you like I'm all I could think of is how is like if Venus is on the left side of of the screen. Why is there lasers coming from the right side of the screen? Where, where the fuck, you know? Yeah. Where, but uh, well, okay. I mean, Venus is closer to the sun, so maybe it swooped around the sun to the other side. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, because they were using real physics, so I'm, I'm it was totally fucking joking. silly. Um, but <laughs> so the lasers are crisscrossing. They end up destroying the uh, the. Uh, Space station. My only guess is that they were using the lasers that were coming from the right hand side. Yeah, were were tracking. So when they shot at the space station, and it missed, and it came, it was coming back from the other side. Yeah. to um to uh basically it's like a laser spotter, right? Yeah. So and then it finally this thing hits uh, the space station, and then another beam comes on again, another cartoon beam, <laughs> and blows up the space station. And then they have to make a. The, instead of going back to Earth, they get sucked into going to Venus, crash land on Venus, and it's a entire fucking movie about th- four astronauts basically dick whipping women. <laughs> That's what they. It's what it's all about. It's yeah. all it is is these four, three horny astronauts and an old doctor, you know, basically saying we have dicks. And we're here, and let's let's get all let's let's get all kissy and lovey, right? Yeah. 
and then we're, we'll save your planet. Because that's all the women want, right? Yeah. That's and, all they want. And it's completely sexist. There is... Yeah. I mean, the women are empowered, but it's completely sexist because uh, when, when men come to the planet, like the very first thing is one of the women says, I fucking hate him. Well, she doesn't say fuck. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him, right? Yeah. And she tries to attack the, the astronauts. He's yeah. like, And one of the guys is like, what's her problem? We just got here, right? Yeah. You know, and there's no men on the planet except for these four guys. Yeah, and then you just all you gotta do is just grab the grab the dame and just throw, lay a kiss on her, and then all of a sudden she'll she'll just melt in your arms. Yeah, punch him out, <laughs> and then take him for a gin fizz. So, <laughs> wh- so the reason why I played Wacky Races is because the the dude that did the voice the voice cast his name is David Willock, and he's in this movie. So. I when I'm watching these old movies, I'll close my eyes, yeah, and I will, yeah. See, he he passed away in 1990. Wow, um, 81. He was 81 years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he did 181 films and TV series from 39 to 89. He was a busy dude. Ain't shit compared to a porn actor, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, true, but I mean, for for an actor, actor, that's a lot. I I'm just I'm being an asshole. Um. <laughs> well, he's no Ron Jeremy, huh? Um, I was listening to it, and every time he talked, I'm like, that voice sounds familiar, you know? And and so I'm, so I'm listening to it, I'm listening to it, and I'm listening to it. And he said something, I'm like, oh, that's the dude from Wacky Races. And sure as shit, it's the dude. So this guy, David Willock, plays one of the characters, and, you know, he's he's uh, he's he was in uh, Whatever Happened to Baby J, Baby Jane, Queen yeah. of Outer Space, Wacky Racers, Send Me No Flowers. Like, he's been in a ton of goddamn movies. <laughs> um, uh, Meet the Emperor, Hogan's Heroes. Uh, the last film that he did was in 1983. That was a TV movie called, called Sawyer and Finn. But he was in Lou Grant. Um, let's see. Mostly it was just like uh, little little bit parts and pieces here. Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color. He played a store manager. Um, love American Style. I love that show. That show is awesome. Um, Adam 12. Green Acres. Did a lot of Green Acres. Did a lot of wacky races. But he was a narrator, so he was in, He did all of the all 17 episodes of that. Um, Gomer Pyle. My Three Sons. Jesus, he was in God damn it. You had to see My Three Sons. Now that goddamn theme song is going to be stuck in my head for the next hour. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but the... Like, there's 209 credits, but they say that he acted up until 1990, 1989, and I only see 1983 on here, so I, who knows. Anyways, um, the dude was in a ton of stuff, and he's got a very, very unique voice. So I started, I was watching the movie, and, like, the soundtrack for Queen of Outer Space yeah. has a lot of Star Wars stuff in it. Like, like um, really weird... Um, Passages, okay, okay, music passages where they, it was. It's very similar to um, a, a New Hope, like when they crash land on on Venus, and then the girls come to to take them to uh, their castle or wherever it is. Their their fucking their lair of lust palace. Yeah, yeah, their lair, their lust palace. Um, there's like notes from. Like, remember when the Jawas are in the sand crawler and it goes, doom, 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 you know? Well, that, those notes yeah. are in that passage. And I'm like, holy shit, that's, 
that's like fucking the that's like John John Williams has taken. I'm, I'm pretty sure that Lucas gave him a list of of movies to watch. Yeah, I, I, yeah. And and one of those passageways, um, passageways, passages. So uh, Jawa, um, Sand Crawler. Uh, so this passage right here. Without the horns. I can't play too much of this. Yeah, you better stop it, dude. I'm trying to... You've been bad. Like this part right here. Yeah. Like like pieces of of that music. Yeah. um, I, I don't even know if they have the soundtrack, but... It it was amazing to watch that. Plus, like the guns, yeah. His name is Martin Skiles. The guns are uh, like Han Solo's blaster rifles. Okay, blaster pistol. Did you read about China's claim that they've created a laser gun? Uh, no. Yes, yes, I read something about it. <laughs> Speaking of them, so can you hear it? Yeah. I'm an alien, darling. <laughs> I hope this uh, this movie's uh, public domain. Is it? I don't care. <laughs> we're, we're doing a comparison. All right. Sit so here. <laughs> I thought I'm like fuck. That's really cool. Definitely. See? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely hear it. So I, I thought it was cool that, like, one of the movies that I just randomly picked, you can hear, you can hear, like, a preview of what John Williams is going to do with Star Wars, right? Yeah. You know, and just picking... I mean, it could be coincidental, but I don't think so, because Lucas was a huge, huge, huge sci-fi fan. He loved all this stuff, and he grew up on it. Him and Spielberg just loved the shit out of this stuff. Yeah. You know, it's Buck Rogers, it's this and that, it's Flash Gordon. But when you when you have when you have John Williams, who's such a a, a scholar... He's a music scholar. He knows the ins and outs of almost every every musician that's ever scored a film, mm-hmm. you know. And he and when he's picking out all this stuff, he'd be like, "Okay, well, I know that this is going to work here, and I'm going to go back, and I know that this guy has done this or something similar to this." And then he'll start researching the library. Yeah. And I, I thought it was great. Jaja Gabor is a terrible actress, by the way. You don't need to tell me that. <laughs> she is an absolutely terrible actress. She was funny in um, Green, Green Green Acres, Acres yeah. but she's still a bad actress. Um, she's, I, I, in fact, um, a lot of people found her funny, but her sister was, or not funny, gorgeous. Eva Gabor. Eva, Eva Gabor, was yeah. much, much prettier. Um, I was, but I'm not an, a Zsa Zsa Gabor fan. Although I thought it was funny, like in, um, what was it? It was um, 
Naked Gun 2. It was at the end of Naked Gun 2 because, or maybe it was 3, where uh, she was in the news for, you know, hitting a police officer. And in in, in the opening sequence after the, right. after the police car, if you want to call I it that. I believe that was in 33 and a third. Yeah, I think it was night. 3. And she told the thing, she told the, the camera to go fuck itself or go, you know, fuck off or whatever she yeah. said to get their F word out. And, you know, things like that are funny. But every one of the girls had really, really short skirts on. They didn't jump. They didn't run or anything else like that. They were always walking. It was always, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. Um, the real bad guy, the real queen of outer space, if you want to call it that, is this is the queen of Venus is who she is. And she's wearing like a, a, a leotard or whatever she's wearing, and she's got a mask on, and yeah. she looks awesome. The, um, the, uh, the costuming on queen of outer space is actually pretty fantastic, but... There's, there's, um, there are scenes like they're right here. See the masks? Yeah. They, they're like, they got like jewels on them and everything else. And a lot of girls wear them, but mostly the, the guards for, uh, the queen wear the masks and the, you know, her, her retinue. Here it is right here. <laughs> so you can see that she's wearing this mask and you have all these other girls that are wearing it and it's, it's kind of fancy. It's almost, um, like hell, hella, right? Mm-hmm. From, uh, Ragnarok, yeah, from Ragnarok. It's kind of not all not perfect, but what I'm saying is, it's got the the yeah, little, like almost like antlers. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. But see, the reason why she hates all the men and she wants to blow up planet Earth is because she's been scarred with radiation burns. Okay, and her face looks like it's all crystallized. And it was really, really good makeup for the time. And I thought, I mean, I was looking at it, and I was like, I was relatively turned off because, like, you can't really see it here, but see the. See it? Yeah. <laughs> you can't see it, but see it? I'm hideous. Yeah. And, but she didn't speak like that. Yeah. She spoke normal. But you could see it moving with her face. And, of course, <coughs> at the beginning of the film, as they're prior, prior to takeoff, one of the um, one of the astronauts, <laughs> right here. So this, <laughs> this was such the, the biggest, cheesiest part of this. So one of the astronauts has his girlfriend on, on the ground or some girl that he's dating or whatever, right? Yeah. And he's making out with her. See, see the look on her face right there? Yeah. That, she has this like intense look throughout the entire p- stinger, if you want to call it that, the, this entire piece where he's, they're waiting for, for a dude to uh, come aboard the, the, uh, the, the rocket and, and he's still making out with her. And she's she, uh, every time every time they call for him, she gives this silly look, like you know, oh my god, I can't believe that you're going away, you know. And then and then he gets on the rock, and she stands there. Yeah. And then it was like way too long just to keep the camera on her for for no reason because she doesn't play an important role in the entire movie ever again. You just see her for like three minutes of just her making out with this guy. And then looking wistfully at at the rocket as it goes away, yeah. And of course they blow they they use the fog machine to blow fog at her to make it look like the the rocket blast or whatever. Yeah. And then she puts her hands in front of her face. It's like oh oh again oh exhaust is coming at my face. That look that she's giving in this picture reminds me of Madeline Kahn in Young Frankenstein. Yeah, like don't touch me, don't touch my makeup, don't mess with my hair. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's what she looks you, like. You are male, and I don't want you to touch me. <laughs> That's not what Madeline Kahn sounded like, but good yeah. enough. Uh, oh, yeah, here, here's a picture of her right there. 
It's it's really good makeup the way that they did it. Yeah, you know, I mean, this is 1958. This is not fucking 1980s. No, in 1958, did they know that at the time yet that Venus was sulfuric acid clouds? No. Okay. No, they they really didn't. That's what I thought. I figured because you know, <laughs> that's a better picture. This fantasy where they're going to this fucking the planet of Venus, which is supposed to be this beautiful uh, copy sister to Earth, right? And then all of a sudden you get yeah, there this and, lush forest. Yeah. Then all of a sudden you get there and yeah, you melt. <laughs> yeah. You you take one breath and die. Yeah. <gasps> Blah. And oh, then, yeah. oh, yeah, the spider attack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so so he's being attacked by this spider. Obviously, it's fake. <laughs> oh, yeah. When it flew off the rocks onto him, I, I could... It, was, <laughs> ah! it, it wasn't even... It didn't even fly off the rock. It was just, like, violently pushed. Yeah. Because the, the legs didn't move. So he's lying there, and I heard him <laughs> scream, and I turn and look, because I was, I was in the middle of doing something. And he's got the spider on his chest, and I'm like, oh, he's done for. Yep. I turn back, and I turn around, he's like, and nothing has happened. No, he's not bitten. You know, he's not bleeding from anything. It's a- atypical 1950s sci-fi horror stuff, hmm. and this is what I love. Um, there's an actual Queen of Outer Space from 2016. Great. Um, if you are a fan, who is that? <laughs> like, some of these, some of these actresses are just devastatingly fucking beautiful. You know what? The, the funny part about that is, is when I was younger, I always thought that older actresses, even though like, even though they could have been in their 20s or 30s, I always thought they, they weren't attractive. Like, they just looked like a victim of the time kind of thing, right? But now, looking back at them, there's some fucking hotties. I mean, I don't know what was, what kind of goggles I had on at the time, but... Yeah, that's not Zsa Zsa Gabor, but... That's one of the girls from Queen of Outer Space. Look, yeah. I mean, look at her. No, yeah. She's, she's got yeah, she's beautiful face. Lisa there. Davis, the Dalton girls. Mm. And, um, like, um, Calamity Jane. Uh, Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn. Holy Christ. Audrey Hepburn. No, that's Catherine Hepburn. What Whatever. Look at that. <laughs> look at her. Yeah, she was cute. Definitely cute. Just, you know um, who kind of looks like that? Um, Catherine Watterson, a little bit. Remember her from Alien Covenant? Yeah, kind of. Kinda, yeah. but yeah, she's she was absolutely just dude. I just yeah, I didn't even realize dead. this because I, I I was used to seeing Elizabeth Taylor when she was um older, but when uh, I finally started like paying attention, looking at her like when she was doing th- movies like Cleopatra and stuff. God damn, she Ava, was fucking gorgeous. Ava Gardner, uh, uh, I mean, look at him. God damn, dude. I, there, there's just she. She's okay. But but like a lot of them, Grace Kelly, um, <laughs> Rita Hayworth, Vivian Lee. Oh yeah, right there. Um, uh, let me think. Uh, Sophia Loren. Yeah, was attractive. Yeah, they they were all absolutely just Grace Kelly. Grace Kelly was fucking yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, Grace Kelly was amazingly beautiful. And Sophia Loren is still fucking beautiful. <laughs> uh, yeah, Grace Kelly. Yeah, but uh, you know, I, I, yeah, she was Meghan Markle before Meghan Markle. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's Rita Hayworth right there from 1946. God damn, dude! Just like how do you how do you go through life? <laughs> you know what she looks like with that red hair? She looks like you know nothing, Jon Snow. <laughs> yeah, you, it's you know nothing, anyone. Look at that. Uh, that's Deborah Ann Wall. Um, just in in the in the glamour and grace. Of all of these women, like even um, they treated acting like an art form, you know. It was, I think though, 
yeah, I'm, I'm jumping on. Uh, I'm jumping on a let. I'm staying on a ledge here with this, or stepping over. But right. I think that there was more overall respect to that to that form of art back then because I think there was a lot less distractions. Uh, there wasn't that much, not really that much less distractions, but they didn't. Um, they they didn't let they didn't let their bullshit slip into the press. Yeah, and they didn't. And, you know, I mean, I wasn't born then, so I I really couldn't tell you. But from from the experiences of my parents and all that other stuff, I can say I, I can say with confidence that. Um, they didn't talk too much about their own personal stuff that was going on. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why Hollywood was able to hide away all of the casting couch bullshit and whatever else. Yep. They just didn't. I mean, look at this. That's Lucille Ball, dude. Oh, yeah. When she was younger, she was attractive. But you could tell that, like, like age and, and smoking and, and drinking caught up with her. So, so um, yeah, I mean, what it comes down to is... These these people just didn't let their dirty laundry out into the press. You know, I'm sure there was. I mean, you can see the pictures and stuff like that. You know, um, but if you if you're looking for like public pictures and whatnot, mm. like good luck. There's one. Yeah, the the paparazzi wasn't as. Uh, <laughs> no, they were controlled. Ferocious. Yeah, and you know, I mean, they they still had their like. Here's another one right there in public. But it was all controlled, and now it's just like, oh, we need to get the here. Here's one with John Wayne, right? Yep, I remember when uh, the episode that he was on on the I Have Lucy was a really funny episode. Yeah, so that and that and that's what I liked about I think the glamour of of that day, the uh, of the fifties and sixties, and that's probably why I like these movies uh, so much. It's because there's an illusion there, you know. There's this illusion of uh, of uh, I, Glamour and perfection, I say, I almost say. Um, I wouldn't say perfection, but <laughs> in, in a sense, yeah. I mean, there was there was There's glamour. The, the illusion of a better time. I would say. I think. I. It's possible. I think what it comes down to is uh, a simpler time. Um, not not necessarily a better time. <laughs> simpler for white people. <laughs> you know what I mean. I think just all around, just a, a simpler time. We didn't have all these distractions, as you said. Yeah. Um, or very few. We still had TV and whatnot, but people were mostly outside um, doing stuff. You know, they they weren't hiding in their living rooms constantly. Yeah, they would go to work and then come home and you know do their nine to five and have their weekends and play baseball and go to baseball games. I saw I saw a TV show, and I can't remember what it was, but this kid's dad played baseball for one of, like the Cincinnati Reds. Uh-huh. And he would take balls and hit them over the fence. And if the kids got the ball, they could bring it up to the gate guard, give him the ball, and they would get in for free. Mm-hmm. So and then like the so the kid gets this ball, gets in for free, walks up to his dad, and I thought it was kind of odd that his dad couldn't get his own kid in for free. Yeah. But he goes, how he goes, how many more do I need to get in? He goes, oh four. So he hits four out of the park, right? Yeah. You know, and his friends get all these baseballs, and they come in and sit down. And as he's sitting there, he steals money out of the hot dog vendor and says, hey, mister, I need a dog and whatever else. And he gets two, and he gives the guy the money, his own money back, right? Yeah. And he goes, hey, what about my change, right? <laughs> Which was funny. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, he gave him a quarter, got two hot dogs, and got change back. And I thought that was 
like I said, it's it's a more simpler time when you know a guy could hit a baseball out of a baseball park. The kid catches it and walks up to the gate, gives the baseball back for his admission. Yeah, you know, return any ball that goes out of the park, you return it, you get in, right? That's cool. And and I like I don't know how true that is, but if that really did happen, yeah, we've lost our way. Yeah, because you <laughs> you can't do that now. You know how much it costs to get into anything now. If it's not already sold out by all the companies that buy the tickets, yeah, you know, it, yeah, it's it's all it's. We don't live in a republic democracy. We don't live in a democracy, or, or you know, a, a republic. We're in corporatism. We, yeah, we yeah. live in a corporatocracy. Yeah, it's, everything's it, run by the corporations. Yeah, there's no. It doesn't feel special anymore, man. We live in Blade Runnerville. So yeah. well, it does, but again, it's it. It just depends on what the your your type of special is well okay the way i think that anything's special anymore is that seeing it through the eyes of my kids so my kids enjoying something because they don't they don't see the bullshit like i do right um i enjoy that you know because there's still there's still an innocence a a hopefulness to you know to things in that regard um you know so it's like new eyes on something. So, yeah, I, so I find a way. And just like with Christmas, I don't care about really Christmas for myself. I mean, please, give me a couple things because I don't want to feel neglected. But I don't need, you know, I don't need the pony or whatever the fuck else. You know what I mean? I, I can usually, if there's something I want, I can normally go buy it myself. So I'm not tripping on that. But my making sure that my kids have a good Christmas, that's what I enjoy. Yeah, and, you know, it's yeah. kind of like a vicarious thing in a way. Yeah, and and like I said, again, it's it was a more simpler time back then because mm-hmm. we weren't distracted by all the bullshit yeah. that's going on now, where we're just constantly blitzed by the fucking amount of dumb fucking shit <laughs> that people just post. Uh-huh. And it, and it, and you're right; it, there's nothing special. Yeah. It, so, um, and it, you know, I, I'm not going to really rate Queen of the of of Outer Space. It's it's a 1958 D sci fi movie. Yeah. You know, um, everybody that's ever rated it has already rated it. It's it's hokey. It's completely misogynistic. Misogynistic. <laughs> it, it's it's nothing but you know four men dick whipping women, and I don't mean that in a literal sense, but were, were the, I were, mean it. Were the Venusian women? Were they like almost practically holding like slippers in their hands, waiting for the men to come in? No, <laughs> no, but they might as well. Have Here been. you go, dear. Um, all right, so uh, all right, so finally, uh, Sicario, Day of the Soldado. Uh, this movie went through like three or four different title changes before it finally. Settled on that one. Originally, it was going to be just Soldado, which... Why? why, why? <laughs> God damn it. We fucking rambled so long, I forget about this, 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 the, the structure. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> All right. Come on. Give, give, give it to me, man. Where's it at? You should know it. I should know it? I yeah, because you did an entire review on it. Well, yeah, but okay. Sicario, the sequel for... Or, <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, just let me fucking read it. All right. Anyway, uh, FBI agent Matt Graver calls on mysterious operative Alejandro Gillick when Mexican drug cartels start to snuggle, <laughs> snuggle, <laughs> smuggle terrorists across the U.S. border. It's a wonder why we don't get anybody to listen to this. Oh, yeah, because yeah, we just they don't want drones that were, you know just you know read and repeat. Right? There's a human touch, man. My <laughs> my uh, what is it? My imperfection is yeah, is the human that's touch. That's what it is. <laughs> 
All right, so Soldado, uh, are we going to do the trailer? You no, it? I'm not going to do the trailer. Right, we already did what the, right. <laughs> Yeah, there's no point in doing the trailer for for this. Because um, we already did it last week? Yeah, um, I'm trying to keep down the amount of trailers that we do. So um, less hits, less uh, ping or dings are in, on the... No, it has nothing to do with that. I don't know. Okay. Just, it, it's uh, just repeating. Okay. All right, so yeah, Soldado. Um, yeah, the sequel. So yeah, this movie went through four different... Uh, I, I think, off the top of my head, different titles. Originally, when Tyler Sheridan um, wrote this, it was just originally going to be called Soldado. And of course, you know, it's, you can't, you know, to placate to simple audiences, you can't just call it Soldado because people can't look at the trailers and realize, hey, this is a sequel to fucking Sicario. No, you have to put Sicario in the title, right? So they then they changed it to, um, I believe they changed it to, uh, Sold or Sicario Two Soldado, then they changed it to um, Soldado. I don't fuck. You know what? it doesn't matter. They changed the title a bunch of times on this goddamn movie. <laughs> I was trying to wonder. I was wondering why you were just settling on that. This look. This movie is. I, I'm pretty sure you enjoyed it a lot more than I did, and I did enjoy this movie. The problem, though, for me is that I can't. I, I, I look. I love the first movie so goddamn much. I, I, I. It's one of those movies that when I'm watching it, I'm appreciating every single little detail about the making of it while I'm watching it, um, everything about it. And with this movie, I, 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 I'm, I'm comparing it. I have to because it's, it, it's just I can't I, anyway. And so when I'm watching it and I'm comparing it, I'm noticing that it's missing things. It's just missing that fucking touch. That made the original so goddamn good, and even though and, and this movie does excel with certain things, it does. But I'm not feeling it like I was feeling before. Like the, the original movie had so much tension because you because Emily when you're when you're following Emily Blunt's character through that film, you're it's like you're going through it through her eyes, and so you know she's in over her head the whole fucking film, and you're you feel like you're in over your head as you're watching it. With this movie. I never felt like I was in over my head. I felt like I was just watching an action movie, <coughs> you know, with returning characters, of course. But those those things, those little touches that that everyone put on there the first time that aren't in this movie, like the, the, you know the direction of Danny Villeneuve and 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 Roger Deakins' cinematography, which the guy who did the cinematography for this movie, he did a really good fucking job. And that guy, I looked up his bio, and he's done Pirates of the Caribbean and a bunch of other shit. The guy's got a really um, a really good looking bio. Um, it's just that it still wasn't exactly the same. It, it, it was, Good. And, and you know what? There was one thing that I'm glad wasn't the same. The musical score. Because um, the, the original, um, Johan Johansson died earlier this year. And so he didn't do the score for this film. Um, and, uh, but his score wasn't really in this movie. Instead, the guy who stepped in and did it, who was a friend of Johansson's, I think it was like a protege of his, um, he stepped in and he like did this thing where he kind of changed the score a little bit. And I like that because it put a distinctive style onto this movie so it didn't feel like it was just copying the first movie. So that was good. I really liked the score for this one. But um, but when, when we're watching like any kind of the, the dramatic scenes between the actors or, or anything like that, I just did not feel it in any way whatsoever. Not from Brolin, not from, not from Del Toro. Um, not from anybody like I did with the first movie, and so it didn't have that impact like like before. Um, and so, but but 
the action scenes are really well shot. Um, they're they're fun. They're they're fucking awesome at times, especially like the scene where he throws the fucking grenade in the car <laughs> that drives up to him and shit. And you know, or when those two uh, helicopters are attacking the um, you know the the two trucks are driving down the highway at the end, mm-hmm. and and things like that. I mean, there was some really good action scenes in this movie. It's just that it it, it didn't. It was it more. It felt more like this time I was watching an action movie than a dramatic um, thriller, um, like crime thriller, um, like before. And I, I totally disagree with everything you're saying. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. That's the whole point of the review, though. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I just, I'm serious. I, and look, I understand. Look, and I don't, I, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Emily Blunt should have came back because she shouldn't have. Her character, the way it ends in Sicario, fine. That's the, she had a character arc and that ended there, and that was good. Leave her out. The problem is, is that there's no one to take up that, 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 that um, moral um, stance in this movie. I think the only one that that really felt that way in a way um, was the little girl, and she wasn't really. I mean, she was kind of a hard ass, so it didn't really, it didn't, it didn't hit like it did with Emily Blunt's character. And it's not supposed to. It's fine. So. Um, and so there's that. There's um, and then just um, now Josh Brolin's character. There was something subtle about his character. I don't even think I really put. I didn't totally put this into the review, but um, you could tell like by by his facial expressions and the way he was going through when he was put when he when when he knew he had to you know he was ordered to kill Del Toro's character that he didn't want to fucking do it. And he was you could tell that he was constantly thinking of ways to get out of it and. And he was, you could tell that he was suffering through it. He really fucking did not want to do that. And, and so he had this conflict. You could see the conflict in his face, and it was really well done. It's just still, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't feel it like I did the first time. So anyway, that, that's, I think that's pretty much what I got um, on this movie. So what do you got? I was reading through some of the other uh, reviews as you were doing your thing. Yeah. And, and, Generally, this is what I read from all of them, and I'm just going to take one. The sequel to Sicario is solid enough in its storytelling with some inspired elements, as well as some lazy ones, which they didn't even go into. Yeah. So, hey, thanks a lot. Talk about lazy. Um, (laughs) But the special touches that made the original uh, great are glaringly absent. I feel like I just ripped that off. Day of the Soldado was propelled by jarring, violently graphic imagery that seemed designed solely to shock. No. When the day of Soldado truly wallows in violence, it does so exquisitely with the kind of hopelessness that film violence, especially around the subject matter, should convey. What's that word we used last week? Apropos? Apropos. The, the fucking violence was apropos to this subject matter. All right, but this is why I disagree with everything that you say, That's for good. the most part. That's good. What? Um, and I'm going to key in on a couple of things, which is y- what you said and what this other person said. I'm not going to give him any... Any credit, <laughs> I, I, I could care less. Mm. Which is, but the special touches that made the originals great are glaringly absent. It's an I don't understand why people want the same fucking movie over and over again. If you want the same movie over and over again, watch the watch the original movie. This is and this is this is the Star Wars thing. Okay, mm-hmm. what is better, Star Wars Empire or Jedi? Subjective. What is better, Star Wars Empire or Jedi? <laughs> I don't want to get into this debate. It's not a debate. Um, I already know your answer. Uh, I know which one I feel like. Just I, say it. No, Empire's the best one. No. It, it is. No, you like Star Wars. You like A New Hope. Yeah, your but, favorite is A New Hope. But, I didn't ask you. But I give credit where credit is due. I, I didn't ask you 
for the consensus. Look, Je- I wanted to know what your favorite was. Je- Jedi is my most emotionally stirring, <coughs> but but Empire. Uh, Empire doesn't have the problems that Jedi's got. I, I, I don't care about that. I, I'm, we're not doing a review on that. I just wanted to know what your favorite was. My favorite, goddamn, has always been A New Hope. My favorite has always been the first one and the third one. Okay, uh, Empire's one. always been third. Just one. Oh, um, yeah, Star, one. New yeah, Hope. Yeah, New Hope. Okay, that's all I wanted. You, you, Those you, ones are tough, dude. That, that's a, I, you shouldn't I, have brought Star Wars up because that's a tough one for me. It's but you've always said I prefer New Hope to everything else because it's the original. Right, mm-hmm. that that's that's pretty much exactly what you said. I prefer Empire, right? And but and, and that's that. And, and the reason why I brought those up is because it's the same thing with Sicario. Okay, I like the first movie. The first movie was great. I think this movie, for the most part, is superior. <laughs> and there's reasons for it. Okay, there's plot A, there's plot B, and there's plot C. Okay, plot A is this kid who has been duped into. Not really duped. He went in willingly, but kind of duped by his own cousin. Yeah, because of family you know, obligation. To join a yeah. gang. Yeah. Not necessarily a family obligation. The pressures of it, yeah. But, you know, and, and it, it wasn't even that. He was, he, it was his cousins, his whole family. Hey, you want to make a lot of money and, and you want to make more money than your dad? Yeah, but he was blowing up his ego. You know what I mean? It, the, 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 it doesn't matter. You want to make more money than your dad? Again, the peer pressure, right? Well, yeah, I mean, you've, you've, so, I assume when you were young, you had someone that you looked up to that could get, you know, get into your ear really well. Yeah, but it, but that's, the, my point is, is that that starts off the movie, okay? And then from there, this kid is brought into this whole underground bring, bring, bring the immigrants over to America, okay? Whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter. The, the immigrant thing. I don't care. It, you, you know, not you, Joe, but in general, it's it, this. It's not. This is not a political thing. This is this is what's happening. Yeah. In this movie, okay. <laughs> and then plot B is is Tal Toro's character, and the reason why I think this movie is better than the first movie, in and and not in all ways, by the way, is because Del Toro's character doesn't get away. Uh. He gets injured. He gets injured severely in this movie. Okay, he's he's abandoned. He's left for dead, and he has to he has to figure it out on his own. Okay, literally the girl escapes. He has nowhere else to go. His face got fucking blown half off. Yeah, yeah. you know he's a wolf, dude. Yeah, and and he he's an accountant who turns into a wolf, right? Yeah. You know he yeah yeah he, suck it, Ben Affleck. <laughs> so and, and and his entire character arc isn't done because this is only the second part of a three part yeah act yeah okay so you have the the second which is I'm just calling it plot B which is Benicio del Toro's character arc and then you have plot C which is Brolin's Josh Brolin's character arc dealing with the political okay. bullshit and the uh, yeah and and. It starts off almost the same way as it did on the first one, where he walks into this um, container. It's a shipping container. Yeah. And starts to talk to this guy. And the difference is, is that you know what's going to happen, you know? And he's being nice, and he and he shows the guy what's going on, and yeah. he says, hey. Here's your brother. Here's your brother. <laughs> and I'm finally, I'm going to get to a brother that you really can't live without, yeah. and you're going to tell me everything that's going on, because yeah. there was a terrorist attack. Now, I was reading one of the other... Uh, uh, Reviews. I don't remember 
watching one of the terrorists prey on a prayer mat. It was um, remember the guy that blew himself up out in the desert. Right, but he wasn't. He was praying, but he wasn't praying you on a prayer mat. You couldn't see the prayer mat, but then no, no, uh, no, no. This that's different. Literally, it said there was a terrorist that was praying on a prayer mat and a man that and, and a terrorist that was praying and then blew himself up. I don't remember ever seeing a terrorist. They found the prayer mats. They found three of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. And, and then the guy that blew himself one up. Of the, one of the goose on the trivia says that one of the mats is facing the wrong way and they're not supposed to be. I, 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 <coughs> um, I didn't see. I saw him. He was definitely praying and kneeling down. I don't remember if I saw him on a mat or not. It, but that, that, that's not the point. Um, my point is, is that I'm literally taking this from another review mm-hmm. about what they said. And I don't remember that. And I'm pretty good with my recall of movies, and so are you. Um, like a, a teen girl's fake kidnapped with a bag pulled over her head. There's, and, and they won't even write it, but they'll they'll allude to it. This is what bugs me about some of these websites. <laughs> um, I don't think it's this one. It doesn't really matter. Um, the the scene in the shopping in the in the in the shopping yeah uh, store yeah um, that got me. And I'll tell you where it got me. So there's four guys that walk in, and then there's one guy that's standing there, and he's also praying, right? And the girl's trying, and the lady, instead of just running the fuck out, yeah. she's she's going slowly, and then he he blows up. The fuck, it, it made me jump. I, I knew it was coming. Yeah. I just didn't know when. And I didn't know if she was going to get out or if she was, you I know. thought it was going to happen after she was already <coughs> out the door running away. That's what I thought. And then, but it didn't happen. Yeah. I, you know what? And like, in my brain, what I was saying was, I kept saying to her, what the fuck are you doing? Don't go that way. Go back at the store. I understand the bombs just went off, but go the fucking back way. Yeah, run, run the fuck away. Yeah, right? don't go through the front door. But that's, and, and that's, that's what makes this movie even better is that it's real panic. It's not real panic, but it's panic that's, that's, that feels real. Yeah, and look, look, Taylor Sheridan, he said, he goes, he goes, Emily Blunt was the moral center of that film, of the original film, and that because she's not in this movie... You can't. The, the, his the focus is on what Del Toro and Brolin have to do, and it, there's not a whole lot of morality to it. It's right. more like this. So I get it. I do get it. But the problem is, is that this th- the film was done in a certain way where there's all these things that are important. For example, uh, Agent Sidwell from Marvel, where he plays the cop, right? The corrupt Mexican cop from the first movie. Right. And he's got the son he plays soccer with. And, right. And then the movie ends with his son, with his dad gone, and he's playing soccer, and they hear the gunshots in the background, and the movie ends, and it says Sicario. That shit is powerful. It fucking says something. Right, but that's the first movie. Yeah. This is a follow-up where it has no moral. This movie has no fucking morals. Yeah. This is all about people that are trying to kill other people. I know, and it barely has any. The only moral, technically, is... Brolin. Brolin, of course, number one. But again, he doesn't have any fucking morals. He just saved the girl because that's the right thing to do. Yeah. So he's coming to grips with his morals. But you know, it, it, but also he he had problems. He had qualms about killing Del Toro's character. And Del Toro, see, Del Toro is a difficult one because it's hard to tell if he just didn't want to kill the girl or. Or, he wasn't going to kill the girl. I mean, he didn't want her to die, or or it's just is it because he's being selfish because she reminded him of his daughter? Yes, you know. So, yeah, he was. He at first he didn't care. Yeah, and then when he realized that she's just turning into basically him, a hard ass. Yeah, you know, she her father, her fucking parents don't give a shit about her. They just drop her off. They pick her up. 
but it's not them. Yeah. It's 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 uh, the guards or you know a nanny or whatever. She lives a solitary life. Yeah. Right. Soldado. And she's <laughs> soldado means soldier though. Well, uh, yeah, but it's um um uh, alone, right? So she lives. She basically lives by herself. She yeah. has to fend for herself, defend herself, and she has. And she's she's built this wall around her. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, that's what makes that character really awesome. Is that when he's dealing with her, he sees through her bullshit and says, "This is a vulnerable girl that's put up this wall." And all of a sudden, she starts to like him, mm-hmm. right? After all this stuff, she sees through the bullshit, mm-hmm. kind of. You know, she starts asking all these questions, and he's like, "Okay, I think I can get along with her." And she she reminds me of my daughter, right? Or kind of. Yeah. And and the life that she lived with this guy and this her her dad, and in fact, she, even um, Isabel Moner. Who is becoming a really great actress, by the way? Yeah, she even though she was in shitty Transformers, she was in a uh, hundred things to do before uh, school, before high school. Yeah, she uh, it was a Nickelodeon TV show. Yeah, she was in that, and that's what she, where she kind of cut her her teeth on acting wise. Yeah, but in this, she was fucking great in this movie. No, she was good. Um, and then and then you have. In you know, and I know a lot of people are, are going to say you know bullshit about this, but then you have the quote unquote contrivance or the convenience of the kid, again from from plot A, the kid who is walking across in, in a mall as uh, Brolin, Jeffrey Donovan, and and Del Toro almost yeah. hit him right. Yeah, in the parking lot. Yeah. Okay, and then he's also the guy that at the end is the one that's responsible for shooting Del Toro and he's also responsible for getting these the immigrants yeah. across uh, the border. Okay. And a lot of people you know you even said it in the theater you said bullshit. And there's he- some I didn't tell you though the reason why I said bullshit though. There wasn't that. I mean that was a little bit convenient but that wasn't it. What was the problem was he's staring through a fucking win- dirty window and there's bright fucking lights outside on where he's at. He can't see his fucking face from that distance. That's why I call bullshit. Well, I I, I disagree because a he's younger than we are and <laughs> and b we don't know how well he can see or I not see. I think it's just because you like the movies so goddamn well. Uh, well, no, see, I I I disagree with that whole thing because uh, again, when you see somebody that looks familiar, you you go that dude looks that that looks like the dude that I he he didn't say he didn't positively identify him until after they picked him up. Mm-hmm. He said. That's weird. That dude looks like the guy that I ran across in fucking Texas, mm-hmm. you know, and he's with a girl, mm-hmm. and and that's when they they pulled him on the bus. Yeah, look, I, and then the and then the kid. Yeah, I didn't even put that in the review, dude, because it wasn't detrimental to the story. I know, but it, but some people think it is, and when you are living in an area of, you know, uh, and you're driving around an area of less than fifty miles, twenty five miles. Mm-hmm. You're going to run across all these people all the time. Mm-hmm. So him, him walking in front of the car. At, I mean, they would have bumped into him at some point, anyways, because they were also they were all using the mall as this local as a local point, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's easy for the immigrants to come to the mall and go away from the mall, yeah. right? So, so when you have Del Toro's character who is hired by the U.S. government to start a war. And then is abandoned by the U.S. government because things got bad, 
you know, and then they decided that they're going to spin the story that the the mall bombing happened by three guys from New Jersey who were angry at the world, and and they're spinning this fucking piece of shit lie, and and you see because um Matthew Modine didn't have a lot of a lot of screen time in this yeah, movie. Yeah, like three scenes at the most in the and, movie. And and he was he was okay. He wasn't great, but he wasn't he wasn't like he the, wasn't over the top evil fucking political guy. He yeah, wasn't, he wasn't yeah. the bullshit that was in Transporter. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And or Transporter Two or whatever. whatever oh, that's one. right. He was the asshole husband. Yeah. yeah, he was the asshole political guy. Right. I forgot. He was about still that. an asshole political guy, but I mean, he he be, something goes south a little bit. And then he immediately pulls the plug because the quote unquote president finds out about it and they don't want to and and Brolin has to fight for, you know, the right to party. Yeah. And <laughs> what happens is is that he's not happy with what's going on. In fact, that whole scene where Jeffrey Donovan says whatever he says and Modine goes, I'm not talking to you. Yeah. And then and then he <laughs> and yeah. then Brolin just repeats exactly what Jeffrey Donovan just said. Word for word. Yeah. And I thought that was great because he, he wasn't that shows how our government works. Well, it it also shows um, um, Brolin's character. Did I say works? I don't mean how our government works. I meant operates. That's yeah, how our operates. government operates. It, but what what was great about that is it backs up Donovan's character and how important he is. Yeah. To and and here's the other thing, Un, nobody died unnecessarily. I know mm-hmm. I'm a little like there's like weird shit going on with the, with my mic. Like saying Kingsman Part Two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like th- there was no unnecessary. Like Jeffrey Donovan got shot. Yeah, and he's like, "Son of a bitch!" I can't believe I got shot by a fucking Mexican. Or did he say by a fucking Mexican? Or what did he say? Um, he uh by 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 a Mexican cop. Yeah, he said by a fucking Mexican yeah. cop. Yeah, <laughs> but um, and, and I'm I know that this uh, the, hold on a second. That's not what I'm looking for. I know that there's some points in the podcast where it got really kind of weird, loud, like distorted on my end. That's my fault, but. So I apologize to your ears. Um, it just got loud. It, there was a couple times where it got really loud. Yeah, and, and it was unintentional because... Look, we don't have $100,000 equipment, so I... I, take, I got too close to the microphone. You take the good, you take them bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to get... I think we should get screens so that we know how close to talk. Mm. But anyways, um, but Jeffrey Donovan's character didn't die, mm-hmm. you know. I was waiting for it, too. I was totally waiting for that to happen. Yeah, well, here, here's the other thing. I was waiting for it to happen when the cops started shooting when when he was already on the ground and it's the the typical Hollywood you know uh, the bad guy survives and he shoots the best friend type of thing in the head he makes his impossible fucking headshot yeah right <laughs> no he gets shot in the chest which is which is appropriate because headshots are almost fucking yeah impossible. you're they say go for the body because that's the best the, yeah. the easiest target center mass right yeah so he gets shot and he's wearing his thing he's like oh I'm okay you know. It didn't penetrate. Yeah, the he was armor. more pissed off that he got shot by a Mexican cop than anything else. Yeah, he was just pissed off he got shot. Yeah, right. So and he's bleeding because he got because a uh, bullet whizzed by his head. So yeah. he's bleeding on the head. And you think, okay, this, when are they going to pull the fucking Hollywood bullshit where he's just going to slump over at the car, right? Yeah. And then the same thing when Benicio del Toro gets shot in the face mm-hmm. and he's driving, he's driving that fucking green Explorer. Right, <laughs> and as he's driving the Green Explorer, as you said, these dudes flash him because they know whose car it is, and didn't realize it's not that dude. And he pulls a grenade out and throws it in the other casually, car. just fucking just whoop. Oh, he didn't. It wasn't casual because those other dudes were shooting at yeah. him, and and again, they they did it right. In my opinion, they did it right because 
when they're shooting at him, they were just fucking wildly shooting. Yeah. You know, they weren't aiming or anything. No, he's controlled, dude. And, and no. That's why he's such a good killer. No, the guys in the car yeah. are wildly shooting. Yes. And he he fucking panic panic throws a grenade. I didn't see him panic. It he looked, absolutely panicked through the grenade. It looked like he fucking was like, "Oh fuck you," and he just threw it. He didn't he didn't look like he shook shook at all. Nope, he panicked through the grenade. He, but he he was waiting for them to get close, and, and he knew that if he got they got too close, his life was over. So it was kind of a panic throw, but he got it right, and the car blew up, which was it was still good because um, you could see his hand because he was also he was shaking from the loss of blood as well. Oh yeah, and he got so you shot through the fucking mouth. He, you didn't know if he was actually going to get the grenade in there. Yeah, I kept waiting for him to spit a tooth out. He he spit out a couple of teeth. I, I didn't you, see. I didn't saw see the blood. fucking meat coming out of his face. Yeah, it was gross. And and the spittle and everything. Oh, like and his face his, is all puffy. Yeah, because his head was resting in a puddle. Yeah, so it was like I, all that chunk of shit probably had already drooled out of his mouth. Yeah, and and, and it, it looked went. like his like you're looking at it like did he just get shot through the fucking head. I know. I thought, that was, I thought it was like brain matter and shit, right? And, and I'm like, good. He didn't get... Sh- when they shot him, they shot him through the mouth. Yeah. He got injured. Great. Well, yeah, when the camera came back about three minutes after they drove away, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, I had a feeling he wasn't dead his, yet. His entire fucking jaw is all puffy. Mm-hmm. His entire face is all puffy. He can't move. He, his jaw is just destroyed. It's broken, yeah. right? And and as he's driving, he starts to fade. And you're like, oh no, don't don't die. Yeah. Please don't die. He's you're a great character. And he fucking just drives he, <laughs> he literally just need a, just need a power nap. Doink right into a pole. Yeah. And he's sitting there and, and he still he's got that fucking drool coming out of his face. Yeah. Not out of the holes, just out of his face. And he's looking at them in a mirror where the hole went through. Yeah. And he's pissed because, you know, he, he couldn't get out of it. But he, he cuts to Yeah. Years later, a couple of years later, and this kid who, you know, shot him, he finds, and he's got all these tattoos on his arm, acting like a badass. Yeah. And he's like, so, you want to be a Sicario? Yeah. And that's what what makes this movie, in my opinion, as good, or in some cases better, is the three plot lines. You have, you have the kid, you have... You have in the the kids the kids almost a throwaway, you know. Yeah, Miguel. But but important to what important to the overall plot because he's the guy that ferrets all the immigrants over, and and he's the one that ends up having to put the bullet into Benicio del Toro. Yeah, because he knew he'd, if he didn't, he'd die. Right. So and then you have but you have the Benicio del Toro thing where he he just doesn't care. And as you said, with the with the Emily Blunt characters, the more the moral compass of the first movie. Yeah. And when they remove her from that, there is no moral compass anymore. Josh Brolin is a fucking brutal hammer because he has to be. And and Benicio del Toro is the nail. Yeah. And when and he doesn't want to give up his. Well, I wouldn't say. Um, I, I'm not going to call um, del Toro's a hammer. Mm-hmm. And, well, and 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 yeah, and because <laughs> he's 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 actually a tool to be used. Well, but Toro's the hammer and the nail. Uh, yeah, he's he's the uh, the nail gun. You want to call it that? He's the nail for as long as he needs to be the nail, but he can be the hammer just as easily. Again, he's the nail gun. He's he's the one that that's point him in a direction and fire, mm. and he does his job. And and Brolin is the carpenter. And that's why this movie is fucking good. 
Um, it doesn't end on a good note. It doesn't end on a bad note. It just ends. And the reason why, again, I think that this is as good or better than the first one is because, again, it's, in my opinion, it's the Empire Star Wars thing. You start off with a story, mm. and you tell the most powerful story. We tell a part of the most powerful story that you can. And then you take it, and you reverse the story. You, you, take, you, you take and you split the team up. You know, and mm-hmm. you put them in the worst situations that they can. Okay, now Brolin's been fucking, he's not compromised, but he's been shit on by the president. So now they don't, he doesn't know what's going on with his own job. Mm-hmm. And Del Toro is on his own. And Brolin saves the girl, you know. And even though he saves the girl, there's no guarantee. Yeah. Don't, she yeah. may die. It cuts a year later. So we don't know what happened with Brolin. We don't know what happened with the girl. Yeah. Or, or um,. Brolin's handler, whatever her name was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Catherine Keener's character. Thank you. Um, yeah, it was uh, Ford's. That was her name. And, and, and that, in my opinion, is where you need... Again, they, they took a page from the right movies. And Taylor Sheridan is really good at this, you know. And we haven't seen Lynn River, but I have. High Water um, and Sicario yeah. and a couple of others. I've seen Lynn River. It's good. It's not as good as Sicario, but it, it's a good movie. Right. So when you have this movie, and unfortunately, I mean, you're going to have some degradation in quality. <laughs> Fucking sci-fi movies, man. Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, that's fine. But when you have, you're going to have some degradation because Denny Villeneuve is not doing it. Mm. So you're not going to have his eye or his DP. And, but what you're doing is you're 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 looking for a a, a good you're looking for a good follow up with it. And that's what this is. Yeah, it, it doesn't. St- oh, it, well, here's the other thing. It's not all over the place. Like the and the first one wasn't either. It stays in one area. Yeah. Texas and Mexico. Corpus Christi, Texas, and Mexico. I'm sure there was. Um, I think there was Arizona in there. Hmm. But for the most part, yeah, yeah it's all yeah centralized. Yeah. yeah, for the most part, it was right across the border, just like in the first one. They didn't stray too far. They didn't. They didn't have to go all the way deep into when they did. But, but that's because Del Toro was there. Yeah. But they were. There was three locations, four locations max. You know, for for everything, not including Brolin's reintroduction. But that's the power of this movie, and and why it works well with... It's also a good counterpart to the first movie because they didn't fuck around with the first movie either. It was like two or three locations, and it was boom, attack, 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 right? And then let him go, mm-hmm. you know? And, and and the first one was more of a cop drama, you know? That's why it was more intense because you didn't know what was going on with Emily's character, and you didn't know that Brolin, if Brolin was actually trying to kill her, or Del Toro was trying to kill her. He's using her, yeah. Yeah, or he's using her, and you find out at the end that, yeah, they're using her. Yeah. But because she's so good at what she does, you know, it's it was a mutual, it's yeah. mutual benefit, right? And this one, they don't have that. They're just off on their own, and they have to figure things out on yeah. their own. Look, you you being able to to separate these two films and enjoy this one as much or more, I, I fucking... <laughs> at pro- least as much. Props to you, because I, the thing with me is the first movie I had an emotional response to that movie, and I connected to it, and this movie I didn't connect to it um, in any way close to how I connected to the first film, and and uh, it was 
it was okay. It, it felt like with that movie because of of you know, and maybe I'm tainted because I'm such a fan of Denny Villeneuve or something. But no, um, I, I don't think that that's a, that's it at all. I mean, you are, but what I'm saying is that I don't think that 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 taints. Yeah, it, your experience with this movie. There were it seemed like there were real emotional um, consequences in the first film, um, with with more than with, with more than a few characters with a few characters. Right. And this time, and t- like I said, Taylor Sheridan even said this. There's a reason why he did it the way he did it. Uh, so I can't argue with it. It's just that I so I feel what I feel, and it's just because I couldn't connect with the characters like I connected in the first one. But you but that's the the secret to this movie. Mm. You're already connected to them. Well, look, and look, this is a good movie, so I will be buying it. Right. And this is my first impression on it. Right. Now that my my expectations are gone, I go back and watch it again. You know, uh, this is a shitty comparison, but I'm going to make it. The first time I, w- I saw The Village, right. my expectations were extremely high for it because of, of me being a fan of M. Night Shyamalan. Then I, fu- I but I fucking hated it when I first saw it. Right. Then I bought I rented it and I was like and I had no expectations because I already knew what the, p- the plot twist and all that shit was. Right. All of a sudden, I actually really like the fucking village. Most people don't, but I really did. I don't. I don't think that's a bad analogy at all. Uh-huh. You're, you, you, that's a good analogy. You know, mm-hmm. That's it's relatable. Yeah. Um. And I understand that. I, again, you know, you know me. I'm not a fan of M Night Shyamalan and Ding Dong. No. <laughs> and um, I like one or two of his movies, but w- what he did with um, I, I won't. What he did with Split. Yeah. I'm. I was amazed. Yeah. Good movie. Yeah. Did um, you see the new poster? Yeah, I did. That's really cool. I did. And um. And I'm. I'm actually looking forward to it. But again, but he's I'm setting not, a bar, isn't he? He already set the bar. But I'm not holding my breath yeah. because of what he did with the Last Airbender. Yeah. You know. Um. And and a, a bunch of other movies that he's done, which are just Ugh, the subpar. Yeah. The Cell. Didn't he do the Cell? No. I love the Cell. I he, didn't he do something like that though. Um. He did. Uh, if only there was something that I we know. could look up. He did After Earth. He did The Visit. The Visit wasn't bad. Have you seen The Visit? That came uh, out right before he did Split. No. That's about the two kids that go to stay with their grandparents. No. And then you find out their grandparents are fucking crazy. No. Yeah, The Visit's actually a good movie. I mean, I, I the, the the twist at the end is halfway predictable. You don't know all the details of it, but you know what it is, you know, kind of thing, right? Yeah. I, um, the Happening... I you know in he did After Earth he did uh I'm just I'm just not a fan of he, he's a director that I'm just not a fan of, and there's always Devil um the visit the happening Lady in the Water yeah most people didn't like Signs. Lady in the Water I like Lady in the Water but um I I and I loved Unbreakable I thought that was a great movie and I loved The Sixth Sense I thought that was a great movie well I heard that Wide Awake is a very good movie that was the movie he did before Sixth Sense right and that um he did um that I heard that was a really good but movie. he wrote Stuart Little so. I can give him some leeway, <laughs> um, but I just, I, I again, I, uh, there are, there just happens to be those directors, Devlin, um, and Emmerich, yeah, Michael Bay, and I, I'm not putting, trust me, I am not putting Shyamalan in those categories because he is a far superior director than those scrubs. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, is that there are directors that I just cannot fucking stand uh-huh. because I don't be, because their movies do nothing for me. Yeah. And it's kind of like music. When you're watching a movie it's very much like music to me in the way it flows. That's why I love Taylor Sheridan's writing. You know, that's why I like Sicario 2 mm-hmm. so much because it the way it ebbs and flows and 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 
it's different than the first one, and it's done on purpose yeah. because it's it's not supposed to be it's not supposed to be the same. You, know, I, I'm actually kind of pissed off because I I I like to. I like to rely on the fact that usually my my reviews on movies are different than the critics' you know reviews are, yeah. and my my review is almost the same as the other critics this time, and my rating is like where the fucking Rotten Tomatoes is sitting at, and th- and that's okay. So I'm at six, I, I give it a six point five. Really? Out of Ten? Yeah. I gave it. Way oh, you, oh, you didn't read my review yet. That's why. Um, yeah, I gave it six and a half. I was debating between six and a half and the seven. And I give it a six and a half because I'm also the first impression, and I'm basing it off of the, the how, how much I love the first film, right? And so, um, and uh, and so, it, Rotten Tomatoes is like sixty three percent right now. So right. sixty five, like six point five. It's like fuck, man. It, Here, here's here's the other reason why I like this movie uh-huh. so much. It's Del Toro walking to his house or walking to his apartment, and then. Noticing that something was wrong, yeah. and saw all the government cars that were there, yeah. and goes up. You know, I'm in your apartment. Don't fucking shoot me. Yeah. As he's sitting there in his apartment, and he looks completely fucking miserable. All right, and I don't know how much time has passed between what the ending of Sicario and the opening and, and that part in Sicario Two. Let, let's just say a couple of years. Yeah. Okay. So in the couple of years, he is. He is a, a government witness, so um, he he works for the United States government, um, protected witness protection, right? Mm, yeah. He has murdered the man responsible for killing his family. Yeah. And without giving away spoilers, unless you haven't seen Sicario. Yeah. Um, done a lot of other shit to the cartel, uh-huh. right? But just a, a portion of it. So the guy is fucking miserable. He's already completed his task. He's he's done what he set out to do, which is to get revenge. Yeah. So when you see him living in that sparse, shitty apartment, and Brolin says, at least I know what to get you for Christmas, <coughs> Del Toro is the mo- at the most miserable point of his life because he, he has no family. He's a survivor, but that's all he's got. Yeah, that's it, and an apartment. And all he can do is what all he can do is whatever he does. Yeah, he's like uh, he's like the the cop who's been chasing that serial killer for twenty years. Right. And then he finally caught him. Right. And now what the fuck do you do? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's and that's that's what sets this whole thing off. That's why I loved Del Toro's continued arc on this character, yeah. which takes him differently from where he was. Because yeah. he was he was focused, and that's what they were trying to do. To now they're going to start a war with the entire cartel. Right, but where do we start with that? Well, we're gonna get this guy, right? Yeah. So they get that guy, and when and then he realizes that he's he's fucked. Mm-hmm. You know, as you get towards the end of the movie, uh-huh. he's completely fucked because he's not compromised, but but he's um, he's been let go from the program. You know, so now he's an enemy of the state in a sense, and he he has no way to get out, and all he's trying to do is get back across the border. And that goes south, and now he, you know, and he's trying to just fucking play it off, and and he's hoping, he's hoping something good will come out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why he put the tracker in her. He took his shoe. He took her shoe off. If you noticed, he took her shoe off. Yeah. And she was walking around with just one shoe on, and he had the shoe with him at the whole the whole time. See, you did with this movie like I did with the first movie. Right. You paid attention to all those little fucking details. 
And I did that with the first movie. Right. So it was like you were really getting into it. Like I was. Oh, I was, was totally into this movie yeah. because I was just like, like I went in with no expectations. I knew it was going to be good. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't agree with Rotten Tomatoes. It's not a sixty-five. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Again, opinions are opinions. Like assholes, everyone's got one, right? Dude, there's plenty of times where we disagree with the critics, man. I, I'm giving this is an eight and a half on my uh-huh. on my scale. This is one of the best movies of the year. Okay. By the way, um, it's far superior to everything that we've seen. Few exceptions. Yeah. Um, I still like Brolin as Thanos, man. And if Brolin doesn't get a fucking nod from the Academy, hmm. it's broken. If well, Del Toro doesn't get a nod from the Academy, it's broken. If um, both Del Toros, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Guillermo and, and his brother, Benicio. Well, Guillermo just won the Oscar for director and best picture for Shape of Water. So. That's right. I, I keep thinking that that came out this year. Why do I keep thinking Because we that? watched it this year. We watched it at the beginning of the year. That's why. Yeah. And it came out like in October, didn't it? Not, uh, yeah. Actually, I think it was in theaters for a month October or two. October or November or some shit. Yeah. It didn't get wide release. But that's why I keep thinking, why if we just watched Shape of Fucking Water. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Guillermo and his brother, did Benicio. Both his brother, <laughs> yeah. B- both fucking um, have movies out this year, mm-hmm. but um, in fact, uh, Guillermo was in has been in the biggest movie this year and this one because he was in Avengers. Where was Guillermo? He was the collector. Oh, you mean Benicio? Yeah, his you, brother. You said Guillermo. I meant to say Benicio. Yeah, yeah Benicio. Well, yeah, he did. He uh, did the cameo where Thanos was playing him. Yeah. So. Yeah. So he he was in the Avengers. He was in the biggest movie of the year. And one of the one of the best. And look at fucking Brolin, a critically dude. acclaimed movie. Brolin has been in Avengers. Four? He was he's, in four movies this year. Deadpool. He was in uh, this one, Sicario, and he's going to be in that Netflix one that's coming out in a couple months. Uh, the one where the the wilder the the what is it called the le- the legacy of the white tailed deer hunter. Yeah, and then um, with uh, Danny McBride also in it. Yeah, and then um, and there's I bet you there's got to be something else. He, fire jumpers or whatever the hell that was. Oh, the the, the, I, the fire one might have been at the end of last year, but I think I think it was the beginning of this year. Yeah, dude, I he's think a, he's a busy fucking guy right now. He is. Yeah, he's very busy. Just watched Goonies last night. Yeah. I had to convince my kids that that fucking that young that's teenager, Thanos. that young teenager that's constantly working on the movie was Thanos. You know, uh, only the brave, hail Caesar. Yeah, yeah, uh, only, yeah. Only the brave. These ones. So two, 2017. Oh, it looks like he took a little break uh, there because look at all the movies he's in now, right? So Yeah, he did like three in 2015, and then mm-hmm. he just kind of hung around and did his thing in 2016. When did we see Inherit Vice? Was that in 2014 or 15? 2014. Uh, so it came out at the end of 2014. I remember that. Yeah, he did three movies that year. God, he was great in Inherent Vice. Remember that? That was like one of the only positives we gave of that movie. And then he did three in 2013. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Pancake. <laughs> he does like one, two, three, four, five. He does like three movies a year. Yeah, and then he takes a little bit of a teeny break, like a little like two there, two there. I forgot he was in No Country Four in twenty seventeen. Oh yeah, he, he was great in No Country Four. The Man. dude does on average three movies a year. One, two, three, four that year. Two that year. Two in two thousand nine. One, two, three, four. I always forget five he was in Jonah. 20- I always forget he was Jonah fucking Hex. Five in 2010. He did one in 2012. Yeah, you see Men in Black. Yeah, he took like two years off between 2010 and 2012. I would too. Uh, 2013, he did three. Did three in fucking 20. I mean, come on. Come on. That dude is just like between 85 and 94, he did two movies. (laughs) Three. And then it it just fucking snowballed from there. Two, two, three, 
two, one, one. And he hasn't really taken any time off since 2006. He's yeah. just crushing dude, it. Dude, yeah, Brolin is... Good for uh, him, man. He's uh, like Benedict Cumberbatch a couple of years ago. Started becoming one of my favorite actors. Right. You know, um, he every time I hear about Josh Brolin being in something, I want to watch it. You know, so good for him, man. I'm glad that he's uh, he broke away from that that kid shit. You know, yep. and uh, is able to be a, an adult actor that 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 uh, keeps on working. So um, yeah, I uh, I I do look forward to seeing this movie again when it comes out on home video and uh, and not having uh, uh, you know. <laughs> Expectations. So, right. all right. Uh, next movie that we will be talking about on the show um, was is going to be uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. So, we'll be uh, we'll be seeing that one really soon. Um, Did you want to talk about any news, or you just want? Yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah. We can do a quickie. Um, just Ant Man and the Wasp. What, do you think it's going to be good? Yeah. Uh, look, th- that movie that movie had me when she threw the Pez dispenser out the back, uh-huh. where they threw it, and then it turned giant. Yeah. And it and the dude had to. Ch- to fucking yeah. you know get out of the way of it yeah. that's when that movie got me I, the same thing for me except it was with the salt shaker when the guys bounced off the salt shaker <laughs> she threw it the same thing though right yeah. or the or or the building yeah the, 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 yeah the building with the fucking the little, little handle on it so you yeah. can scare it like a suitcase or roll it yeah, yeah. that's fucking hilarious so um yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that this is going to be a fun alternative to the seriousness of Black Panther and, and Infinity War. Yeah, especially there's supposed to be a real big connection to Infinity War too. Yeah, and I've been staying away. I, I'm not reading anything about the movie because I don't. I, I just want. I don't want to be fucking spoiled by it. And so, um, so yeah, I'm not even reading any reviews. Nothing. Yep. And, and uh, we, yeah, we'll be seeing that in a couple of days. And uh, yeah, I, I do think it's going to be good. I, I just, I, um, I think it's going to be funny because it's Peyton Reed's back again, right? Doing it. I believe, yeah, yes. yeah. Peyton Reed's direct, um, directing it again. So, um, he, I mean, he, look, you, anyone that had problems with the first one, I didn't have problems with the first one. Did you? No, not at all. It just, I enjoyed it. Just story wise, I think it might have been a felt like a little bit of a copy of Iron Man, but otherwise, you know, it was good, self contained type of film. And how weird is this? What? So Josh Brolin's mom, her name is Jane Cameron Agee. Uh-huh. She was born in Corpus Christi, Texas. You just watched fucking Sicario, where they had most of the stuff in Corpus Christi, Texas. Yeah, that's it was just weird. Small world, man. I find it weird. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So yeah, Ant Man and the Watch should be good. Um, not a piece of shit, of course. All, all right. right. So um, yeah, I just uh, the only I didn't have any news really, you know, because you know, fuck Harvey Weinstein. Of course, more people are going to accuse him of shit, right? So um, don't even need to talk about him. Uh, Assassination Nation trailer, Red Band trailer came out for that movie. Uh huh. That one looks really, it looks very interesting um, about uh, just everyone in a town just going fucking ape shit and start attacking each other. Okay. Um, the, uh, there's Mandy trailer with Nicolas Cage. Um, that one, that one looks fucking trippy. I, I watched the, I watched that trailer yeah. and we might have to see it. My, yeah, it's interesting, right? I'm thinking. Like crazy cult shit. It's like, yeah, interesting. I'm thinking, you know, <laughs> James, you know, James, I was thinking, I'm thinking I've got James Cameron. On my brain yeah. and James Brolin and Josh Brolin all fucking vying for uh, space in my head for some reason. What about Josh Groban? No, <laughs> but you, but uh, and Nicholas Cage. And yeah. I'm, I'm trying to. I was trying to say, seeing Nicholas Cage uh, chainsaw fight another dude. I'm in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that might be the most fun with Nicholas Cage since uh, uh, Mom and Dad and uh, Drive Angry. <laughs> right. So um, don't drive angry. All right. Uh, yeah, the the legacy of the white uh, the white tailed deer hunter with the uh, Brolin and McBride looks 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 
Do you, I I don't want to go so far as to say it looks like it's going to be a really good movie, but it looks like it's going to it might be a fun Netflix type movie. You know, <laughs> right. with him going out. Uh, that's coming out in July. Uh, then uh, there was the Wolfman got Nards or the Wolfman's got Nards documentary that's right. uh, coming out. And we had mentioned that I remember talking specifically about that. Um, or at least I know that we talked about Monster Squad, and you specifically brought up the Wolfman's Got Nards. But I think that we were also talking I gotta about quote that. Every time I talk about the movie, I have to I have to quote that fucking scene. But I, I think I think that we had talked about this documentary a while back. Um, it might have like come up in some kind of a blip or something. I I know that every time I mention this movie, I'm like, this is one of those movies that it should have been bigger than it was because it was it just disappeared really really quickly. You know, it was in and out of theaters so fast. I don't I don't even I don't if I did see it in theaters, but I don't even remember what theater I saw it at. And I can almost remember every movie I've ever seen in a theater, but I can't remember where I saw Monster Squad. That's a tough one. Right. But I remember I had to rent it because it, it disappeared out of theaters very quickly. And yeah, you, had, you know, back then you had to wait like a year for shit to come out on video. So um, yeah, I remember renting that movie all the goddamn time because I loved it. And yeah, it's one of those weird ones, man. It doesn't make sense why it wasn't as successful as it should have been. But it's cool that you know that they made the documentary, and we'll watch it when it comes out. I definitely want to watch it, you know. And uh, hopefully, didn't we come up with an idea? Didn't we, we used to do idea man? Didn't we have an idea for a Monster Squad uh, sequel or something? We did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what the fuck it was, but yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was something clever we came up with. All right. Yeah. Um, I haven't uh, Labor Day. Remember that when the trailer came out for that, and we we're just like, no. Remember he's like an ex felon and he's hiding in her house or some shit. And uh, what the fel- the movie with Josh Brolin, the one where he's sitting there on the couch with uh, Kate Winslet. Never saw it. Yeah, I know we saw the trailer for it and it just didn't look that interesting. It, it was like three or three years ago or so. All right. Um. Anyway, uh, I think that's all we got, dude. Yeah. All right. We don't need to show those trailers. No. So. Fuck you guys. You guys can look up your own goddamn trailers. All yeah. right. Yeah, goddamn, this is getting late. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll catch. Yeah. You. So we'll catch you on the flip side. Yep. Bad. All right.